Welcome to the podcast Kenya. We are your hosts, Andy Davies, Claire Earnshaw and Leon Weche. We are here to discuss all things training, nutrition, health and mindset. We aim to share knowledge through our own experiences and by interviewing local and international experts in their field. Our goal is to provide education and empowerment. We hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to episode nine of the podcast. And today we are joined by Aniksha Trivedi, who is the clinical lead physiotherapist at Proactive Physiotherapy here in Nairobi. Aniksha, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for coming on. Thank you. Thank you, Claire and me. Um, it's great being on here. I mean, it's taken a long time to get this together, but we're here. <laughs> we're here, and I mean, you are just back from the Commonwealth Games, so we're even more honored that you made time for us. But yeah, how was, how was that experience? Um, Commonwealth was amazing. A lot of hard work, long hours, um, but it was very rewarding working with most of the athletes. Um, I was basically covering the track and field because there's a huge scope of sport that we participated in. Um, but it was good. It was good preparing all the athletes pre-race, post-race, recovery. Um, so a lot of work, two weeks. We got some medals, which was good, worth it, but um, good fun. <laughs> yeah, Kenya got a lot of medals. I mean, each time I was... He got a lot of medals, yeah, track and field, it was because I was following your main Instagram page and it just there was just kept being like another medal here, another medal there, like you putting in the dry needling on someone's leg. And then, yeah, it looked really, really full on. Did we have any? Yeah, power no, it was really good. Can you have any power? Athletes? Sorry? Can you have any? Yes, power we athletes? had quite a few. Yeah, because yeah, in think. fact, I think we got. We got a silver medal in the women's weightlifting in the oh. lightweight uh, category, I think. It was nice. good. <laughs> I said that's one of the reasons, just before you came on, I think it's been the best games of any games, like the Olympics or Commonwealth, purely because I love seeing the power games integrated. A full integration, packed stadiums for every aspect of the games. Yeah, I think they were given equal importance yeah. just as any normal games, which is great. I mean, they're amazing athletes as well, and their abilities are great. <laughs> oh, 100%. I mean, so did you have yeah. any major injuries, or was it a pretty um, smooth? Touch wood, touch wood, nothing major. Uh, we had a couple of one or two fractures, I mean, simple ones in the hockey side. Ooh, uh, but track and field, we were quite fortunate. A few ankle sprains, uh, but simple were just, I mean, knee aches, yeah. uh, a little bit of fatigue. Um, more muscle related, but nothing uh, serious, which is good. A lot of those athletes have come from the world. Um, well, it comes straight from the world a couple of weeks ago, straight to Commonwealth Games. So the team. Yeah, so actually, just a week, literally just a week before they were at Oregon yeah. for the World Champs, and then they straight away um, um, came for the Commonwealth. So it was intense. <laughs> that's that's a lot on anybody. Uh, yeah. No, these guys are amazing. So, Anisha, what got you into into physiotherapy? <laughs> um, 
So it's quite an interesting story. I mean, I come from an Indian culture where everyone's sort of expected to be a doctor, right? <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I was one of those rebellious people because I, I'm a very people's person, but also I wanted a little bit of a work-life balance where I'm not 24 hours on call. Um, and initially, I was actually planning to do pharmacy, but then I went for some work experience and uh, I was working in a couple of pharmacies in London where I was shadowing some physio, uh, some pharmacists and uh, I actually didn't enjoy it. And this is just entirely because my mom and dad thought it was a better idea to be a pharmacist, right? Yeah. And because I'm a very people's person, I like to meet new people. Um, I couldn't sit by a counter dispensing medicines to people. So, and I've been very active and very sort of sports oriented, more athletics, and I used to play squash as well. So, I think physio sort of gave me a better um, uh, outcome in terms of me as a person and what I like to do best. Um, so, then I chose physio and it was amazing. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I think that's, yeah, the pressure from the parents is always a hard one. But um, yeah, I, I, I think, yeah, no, I think physiotherapy is just a, it's a great mix of many things. And so, yeah, especially if you like dealing with people as well. I think it's a bit more rewarding now because back, I mean, 10 years ago, people never used to go to physios. They always used to go to a doctor uh, initially as a first contact practitioner. But now I think they sort of prefer to go to a physio because we're more specialists in muscle and bone. Um, and my parents are happier and they're proud of me, which is good. So I'm sure I've done something good. Yeah, I think that's that's such an interesting point. Um, what you said, how you know, 10 years ago, people wouldn't come straight to the physio, whereas now it's like, it's just more common. And like, we're all in some degree, personal trainers or online coaches. And we're always telling clients, you know, be, be more proactive about it. You don't need to wait until you've, you know, you're falling apart before you go and see your, your physio. Um, you know, you can stay on, you can stay on top of these things. Um, so that's, that's really nice to, to hear that. Well, we were talking just before about this very thing about like when I was younger, you know, people just didn't go to the physio per se unless you were instructed to by a doctor. It was I didn't start going to physio regularly until you know I was playing at rugby clubs that had a club physio. You go see the club physio, and I was always in there. I always had an injury Tuesday, Thursdays, <laughs> get some work done. Great. Um, but yeah, we were talking because my daughter's obviously, you know, she twists her ankle, she's got sprained ankle ligament. But getting her into getting physio, you know, quite early in the rehab process, which would have been unheard of when I was a kid. You know, if I twisted an ankle, my parents would have been like, meh. Yeah. Get on with it. It's <laughs> yeah, crazy. I think I went to my first physio when I was 24. And uh, otherwise, yeah, before that. I think also. <laughs> oh, sorry. We were just having a bit of a, I think, a lag there. It's very laggy. I don't know why. Well, we can normally blame our internet. Okay, that's... <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, for once, it's not me. I mean, yeah. I'm in the UK. So I'm yeah, yeah. No, you're, you're... <laughs> um, so, I mean, Aniksha, most of our audience are, you know, they like to keep fit, go to the gym. So. What are the most common sort of 
anatomical issues that you see in people who are trying to grow muscle um, and like push their performance? Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously, I mean, I treat a lot of those sort of weightlifting, bodybuilding uh, clientele as well. Yeah. Um, so there's a few factors that obviously over the last couple of years I've noticed that lead to these kind of anatomical issues. Uh, but before we get to that, I mean, it's it's good to understand what might be the reason why we're getting to that point, right? And some of the most common things um, in, in a lot of the active, let's say the active population is doing too much cardio. Um, they're literally overdoing it and now uh, and then probably training like three, four hours of the day and then on top of that doing a lot more cardio. So again, having that linked in with a lot of the joint issues that we sort of experience um, because it's just that overload. Um, a lot of overtraining and I know there's this whole sort of gray area about resting. So I'm not talking about like ultimate rest, more like an active rest, but obviously that sort of gap from from training and then ensuring that you're having some sort of a rest as well. Um, Another important thing that I think is so important and I see it all the time, the moment I take someone to to the the gym we have in my clinic is either doing too much uh, too soon and the form is awful. So that again sort of um, um, highlights a lot of the issues they experience and that sort of links in very closely with tendon issues because you've done too much too soon uh, with bad forms you're just putting the tendon under high stress and causing a lot of issues um, around that and then the last one which I think a lot of us ignore uh, but which is also really important is our diet and what we're actually eating are we eating enough are we eating the right stuff so that kind of sort of um, affects how we're healing, how everything is, how our recovery is basically after the training. Um, and that has that anatomical effect because your recovery is just so much better if you're eating the right stuff, the right calories a day. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's so important to take that, that kind of holistic view of it. Like, I think, you know, so many people wouldn't think that as a physio, you'd be giving out nutrition advice, but it's so important, you know, if you're not eating enough to to recover that's you know a huge huge part a huge part of it um and yeah i think we we've all (laughs) we've all experienced those clients who do too much too soon you know they're (laughs) and um I mean, do you notice differences between men and women, like in terms of sort of, you know, problems that they have? Um, so obviously, I mean, structurally, we're very different in our mm. anatomy, um, just the way we are. So uh, the, the problems tend to be very similar in terms of the joint and tendon issues. It's just that predominantly women are more susceptible to sort of more hip issues, uh, sometimes me, depending on the weight, etc. Where I find the the male population are more sort of upper body with some sort of lower back issues, uh, which you would see it more as a predominance. But there is an overlap in in that area as well. 
And that doesn't mean the boys are missing leg day. <laughs> well, yeah, they're, they're, they're probably overdoing, uh, you know, every day is, is chest day kind of thing. Yeah, not, not. Exactly. So again, that comes to one of the, the questions you asked where, where there's that muscle imbalance and that has its effect on, on the body as well. Yeah, I mean, I know a lot of guys that is, well, a lot of them do skip leg day, uh, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, again, back to bad form. Doing leg day, squatting with bad form where you take all the weight actually onto your lower back. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Right or you shouldn't even be squatting in the first no, place. No, I don't say that. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, if you've yeah, yeah working that. working on on that form. Um... <laughs> I mean, that's like, and form I think comes a lot from obviously the the technique of how how you're lifting, etc. But something that i've found more recently with a lot of evidence based in relation to joint issues is that um, a lot of people who are focusing more on getting bigger looking much bigger etc don't have this specific joint mobility that we should have so that's sort of it's not like your yoga your stretching because i mean that doesn't have a physiological effect on the body but the way our joints are moving and as optimum as we can to move um, and keep them all mobile, it's going to change your lifting and the strength of the muscle because you're getting enough length. Um, so that I think I've been trying to focus a little bit more on in more the lifting um, athletic active population because it really does change how um, you lift, how strong you become, etc. Yeah, no, I think we would all agree with that. Can you go into a bit more detail? So. You know, if someone comes to you with a problem, do you, you know, give them some mobility exercises to do, or how do you normally prescribe that? Yeah. So I mean, my normal basic would be obviously they come with an issue, we do an assessment, and then we do some form of a passive treatment for it. Uh, but I at least normally spend fifteen twenty minutes of every session um, pre to notice how they're moving, how, how their strength is. Um, and then after the treatment, I sort of give them a program based on, and I will supervise it with them, but I don't tend to give too much as well because people don't have time to do a lot of crap. Um, so I tend to give, I mean, what's very specific for them, what's going to be the most effective based on my assessment. And I spend about 15 minutes just going through it with them. And then normally I would combine like a mobility with one or two strengthening exercise, which works perfectly. Yeah. No, I think, I think that's, I think that's so important. Like, cause I mean, I've, I've been to, you know, a couple of physios in the past where it's just a bit of, a bit of soft tissue work and you're sent on your way, but that's, you know, that's not helping you you know, go forward. So I, I really like that. I really like that approach, you know, mixing that mobility with, you know, depending on what they need with your assessment, you know, with the strength as well. Because often, I don't know, you correct me if I'm wrong, like sometimes it's, it's the lack of strength that is the problem. Yeah, 100%, I mean, and it's more the, it's not the bigger global muscles that generally in a, in a, in a weightlifter, a body, 
bodybuilder, I mean, they're going to be strong in the bigger global muscles. But it's the smaller ones that probably stabilize the joints, that give more sort of inner strength that you need to assess and make sure that they're strengthening that. And I, I'll find about 90% of my, my clientele have that sort of weakness, um, which has just gone on and unassessed. And it's just probably they're not even aware of it. Um, but just keeping it literally very specific, don't get too complex into it, and not making it too complicated. Just keep it simple. Yeah, that that's for sure. Because I know, um, you know, when I mean, we all really enjoy like working with physios with our clients to be like, what can we put in our program, you know, so that it's easier for the clients to do it. Because if you've given them like ten exercises, they're not going to do it. Because it's stuff that you need yeah. to be doing like daily so it's i think yeah like you say it's so important to just have like a few really specific ones that i you... just use it as an example myself yeah because i mean i had an injury a couple of weeks ago and um i mean this is something i've learned over, over the over the years um i don't have to do 10 exercises a day so able to give a client 10 or 15 exercises on a sheet which might not even be very relevant so compliance is very important and the only way you can get that patient compliance or um is to make sure that it's specific short and somehow they can incorporate with their pt or into their gym routine would be ideal so what are, what are the common culprits of these sort of smaller muscles would you say um so I mean, I I have experience because one of my clinic is in a in a CrossFit gym and one is in a normal gym. So I see the whole load of um, injuries, and most likely, predominantly, it's your rotator cuff, which is your upper body shoulder, typical um, in the overhead uh, weightlifter. I see most of the time um, a lot of lower backs because of that overload, um, etc. Over time. Um, so more like your your tendony tendony kind of thing. So it's rotator cuff, patella tendon, uh, lower back is more sort of it could be more disc related or just more muscular. Um, but then I do get a lot of joint issues, which is that repetitive overuse over time. Um, and a lot of people either have started CrossFit, they've been doing it for too long, um, not paying attention to all these other smaller things, mobility, etc. And then you end up having some sort of an arthritis that's obviously progressive, etc. So that's more your typical joint um, um, conditions that you sort of experience. And then, I mean, I get all the muscle strains, and which are very easy to deal with. But tendons would be typical in that loading athlete or a weightlifter bodybuilder. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's so interesting actually that you have like CrossFit gym and then bodybuilder gym. And so which have which who who do you have the most clients from? CrossFit or normal gym? Uh, we're busy in both places because both of them need us, but our clients are very very differently. I mean, the people we see in CrossFit are very specific and they're more recurrent. I mean, mm. I see them for the same thing every now and then. And then the gym is more varied because there's also very sort of varied clientele there. So, but a lot of overlap, I mean, don't get me wrong. <laughs> yeah. So I... Yeah, yeah, but I'm singing, I'm always singing the same song to the CrossFitters. I mean, it's literally you've done a bit too much and I never tell anyone to rest 
unless you've fractured something and you need to be off the of training so it's literally I believe in sort of some form of deloading and then slowly get them to rehab and progressively overload over time and just making them understand that do you do you have guys who come for like just preventive care or everyone is more I'm destroyed help me or is there any there, <laughs> yeah like yeah like just help me I mean, that's actually a really good question because um, we have the ones who never go to physio until like go to the physio and by then I mean the tendon's probably just falling apart <laughs> um, and then which is which is fine and then they <laughs> and then they expect the physio to have a magic wand oh, to yeah. try and sort of cure this <laughs> which is fine <laughs> but um, but again we have like uh, a lot of people who sort of I mean I see a lot of people every month who is more preventative literally just coming to check that Oh, Aniksha, this is not okay. What do you think about this? Is there anything I can add to my program? Which I think is very nice. And those I feel are the more sort of um, uh, clients who are looking to have some sort of results, whether it's the way they look, how they're lifting, etc. And they have a specific goal because they're always sort of, what can they do better? Yeah. Um, so they're the ones who are a little bit more switched on and they want to always get better, which is amazing. Yeah, no, I think that's great. And I like how, you know, you say unless someone has fractured something, like you don't need to go and like lie on the couch. Like there's always, you know, something that you can do or train around it. And um, I just think, yeah, so many people get into that mindset of, oh, I'm injured, I should never, you know, do that exercise again kind of thing. Do you, do you find that? Yeah, and I mean, it's it's a lot to do with the specific individual and all the people sort of around it. That includes uh, the PTs, the physios, the doctors. I mean, that's the sort of education we should be giving and just kind of singing the same song um, and re-sort of um, instilling that confidence in the, in the patient to redo those movements again rather than actually developing a fear where you're going to be like, oh my God, I'm never going to deadlift again, you know? So um, that's very important for us to be sort of all kind of, you know, educating the, the client and making sure you can actually do this, do it this way. Yeah, yeah, big time. Um, I, I, I find tendons and, you know, everything very interesting. And I mean, maybe we can re rewind a little bit. I mean, could you take us through like, what is a tendon? What is a ligament? And then, like, to strengthen them. Because I know, you know, are there any particular ways that you like to strengthen tendons? Like, is it through isometrics? What is your preferred way to do that? Um, yeah. Okay. So, um... I mean, tendon is very, very simple. It's basically the area um, that of the muscle that attaches to the bone. So that particular area is the area that takes the load and attaches to the bone, whereas mm -hmm. ligaments are more bone-to-bone -bone attachments. So they are more connected tissue that provides stability to the joint. Okay? Um, tendons are more sort of higher risk because that's where all the load goes through. 
and that's that typical culprit of too much, too soon, um, you've overloaded it, and it's not feeling very happy. Um, so the best sort of um, management for tendons, if you've just seen someone very acutely where they've not sort of had that injury before, um, is typically that deloading. Um, and I generally prefer them to start with some sort of isometric load where they're still sort of activating the muscle, getting some strength in, um, just to make sure that they're not deconditioning in force mm -hmm. and they're doing something. Um, another treatment that we actually do and has really good evidence over the last couple of years is shockwave therapy. So it's actually a mechanical wave that goes directly through the tendon, vibrates the tendon to create this sort of inflammation around it. So it creates this environment to allow that healing. And in that period, whilst they're going through the treatment, you expect them to do some sort of loading. Um, and it's been giving us really, really good results. So most like Achilles tendon, rotator cuff tendon, the really stubborn ones, they've been doing really well. I've seen adverts for that shockwave and I've never, I've never known like what it was. So that really, that really makes sense. So, I mean, that's a good one then to kind of recommend, like you say, for those stubborn tendon kind of injuries. Yes, because if you, if you think about it, I mean, a lot of tendons, unless you've done a very high load um, sort of activity very soon and you feel it immediately, but a lot of the other ones are that repetitive strain over time. So they're very thick, stubborn, they've been there a long time. So the, the body's natural healing is kind of stopped, right? Yeah. So you want to now create that sort of inflammation and that environment to allow it to heal with some sort of a loading, which... Um, it's not very comfortable. It's a very uncomfortable treatment, but mm. it works amazing. <laughs> okay, no, that's that's good to know. And in terms of like preventative, uh, like moves for people to do, like, is there any specific ones that you know you would do for sort of, you know, like knee tendons or you know any for the upper body? You know, like before someone did a workout, would you recommend that? Yeah, so I'm a really, really big fan of using resistance bands. And it's just because it gives you that nice control and tries to get you engaging those muscles that you wouldn't be able to engage actively with a free weight. Um, so lots of sort of external, let's talk specific more about like um, the shoulder mm -hmm. rotator cuff typically. So your external rotators, you want to get them firing. You can start with closed chain, moving to sort of open chain exercises. Um, but just to get them fired up nicely with a resistance band, use higher reps. So the warmer it is, the probably the better it is and you'll be able to lift better. Um, so those are typically, again, with the knee, you can still use a resistance band if it's a, a patella tendon, um, getting them to do like a terminal knee extension, but more unilateral to mm -hmm. get that balance. So doing a lot of unilateral stuff does help, especially if they're feeling more dysfunction. Mostly you always find 99% they have a predominant site. So just to try and prevent that muscle imbalance and they're balancing it out, it's very important. So, so like a combination then of sort of high rep, like banded movements to get, you know, get the muscle warm as well. And, and then, um, and then maybe isometrics, or do you think just that high rep work with the bands is, is good enough? 
Yeah, so even, I mean, you can combine the isometric and get them to do more like shorter sort of contractions just at the end range of the band. So you can combine. It just depends. Um, a lot of people in that acute stage of their tendon injury will be more comfortable doing an isometric because it's you're not getting the tendon to move into motion and it's not rubbing. Um, but as they're sort of getting better, if it's not under very sort of irritable tendon, then you can get them to do sort of bigger movements, which is absolutely fine. Isometric is just more in that acute, really sticky, mm -hmm. uh, painful tendon. Also, uh, just to, it's something you've said about uh, one side being dominant to the other one. So assume you can notice a very, like it's a very noticeable dominance of one side, maybe overhead lift or squat, whatever, shifting. If there's no pain, do you try to fix it and create like a balance or do you work with the person uh, according to if them, well, there's a, maybe the, it's one side's dominant, but they're moving okay, there's no pain. Do you ever try to sort of fix and create like a balance or do you, do you work with the person that way and just make sure there's never any pain? Um, so that basically sort of ties into, there, there's a lot of things that are sort of out of range. Um, so when we're doing our assessment, I mean, if they're very, very sort of compensating on one side and it's affecting sort of specific angles of the lumbar spine, the lower back, the, the way they're lifting, um, which, is, which I think might be alarming, then I'll try to correct it. But if it's a very sort of insignificant, minimal difference, then I wouldn't change the biomechanics too much because then again, that's going to start causing other secondary issues, especially in someone who's been lifting for a very long time time wow. um, so if it's something and again if it's something that has been contributing to maybe an injury they've come in with then definitely I'll, I'll look into it and work along with it but not with an, uh, with a lot of people who are have a minimal very insignificant sort of difference yeah so have you ever worked with someone with like zero compensation where they're like alignment you know all yeah. movement planes are like <laughs> 99.9%. I don't think, I don't think, I don't think they would be done. Sorry. I think we missed Hello? that. Yeah. Sorry, no, I was, uh, yeah. what I was saying is, I mean, a lot of people, a very, very rare case, yeah. um, but most of my people, the way we've all been sort of designed, will always have something yeah. or the other. But as long as it's not feeding into your dysfunction, your injury, Super. we're happy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think I think yeah, people can go the opposite and just be like searching for yeah. you know that perfection. <laughs> and so many people are always you know on about having the perfect posture, and. Um, I mean, I'm like, there, there's definitely like really bad posture, but there's, I think some people get a bit consumed by that. Do, do you find that? Yes. And again, I mean, we're all the culprits, uh, health professionals, PTs, etc. The more you feed that into them, they'll sort of get so sort of aware of it. Um, I have people coming into me and they'll be like, oh, my PT said this, or my doctor said this. And for me, it's just how they are and how they, like you said, where they normally 
sort of sets, etc. But it's not causing any sort of long-term damage, yeah. you know. Um, so those are the, the that sort of positive reinforcement, the this sort of building confidence around normal patterns is very okay, um, and it's actually important rather than trying to you know correct something that you know you can't correct. Yeah, I I remember one client. He was showing me like this thing he'd seen on Amazon. It's like a posture corrector. Have oh, you yeah. seen those? Oh, I have a no, I have a client who also wanted to buy one. It's crazy. It's all like, oh, I think my posture is causing this and that. And I'm like, have you seen a physio? It's like, no, I, I just, I saw something on. I'm like, no, that's that's not. Because you're not works. strengthening anything with <laughs> yeah. that thing, are you? Is it doing anything? Exactly. Exactly. And I'm very sort of. I wouldn't say I'm against it. Like, mm. if it's a very acute injury, I feel like they need a knee support, etc. But long term you want them to be as as active using trying to posture without any support yeah because all that support is doing to your body is telling your body i'm here to support you you can sleep yeah and, <laughs> yeah. and that's not what you want to do <laughs> so you want to make sure i mean as much as they're active at the effort. <laughs> yeah. Hello. Okay. Yeah. No. No. That was a little. That was a loud. Little, we're, a little. <laughs> we're used to this. So I know. Worry. This is our, our daily struggle when we zoom. Is it's it's either us or Andy. It's like it's more <laughs> hashtag. We'll just hashtag podcasting in Africa, so we yeah. understand. <laughs> but yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> In the way like I seldom wear a knee brace, although I probably, sh- you know, my knee hurts all the time and I need a replacement knee. <laughs> but the reason for that is, actually, any time I've worn a knee brace for long periods mm. of exercise, it doesn't get any better. In fact, it feels worse when I take it when off. you take it off. It goes down <laughs> to walking day to day. You're like, it's not helped anything. It's just sort of marked it for a short period. But, um, But, um, yeah, I think the other thing is, like, we, we talk about doctors especially. Yeah, and the only reason we did... There you are. Oh, she's back. Oh, you're back. There you go. Can you hear us? Yes, I can. Oh, okay. Oh, there we go. Yeah, you just went, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I started saying, you know, I was talking obviously about the but then I was saying, you know, the whole thing with doctors telling people they can't do things. A man of people come to me and say, oh yeah, I'm not, a bit, doctors have told me I can't squat, I can't do deadlifts, or I can't do walking lunges. It's like, well, why couldn't you? I don't, you know, I don't still, I don't understand why you wouldn't be able to do those. It's not like you're, you've got a broken back. Yeah, we're not talking about, you know, trying to be a professional power lifter. Yeah. Yeah, we're not, yeah, we're going to get you setting records. But if you build up slowly into something, you can actually strengthen a lot. Yeah. I think last week I told a story about how a doctor told me never to play rugby again when I was 23. I went on to play for, yeah, more than, you know, nearly 20 years. So, you know, it's a, yeah, it's one of those things where sometimes doctors, their, their knee-jerk reaction is to stop someone from doing something and never do it again. But actually, that doesn't help. 
And it's probably, Andy, the, the hardest thing for someone so active, lifting. I mean, they're probably going to do something probably to go against that anyway because yeah. they're, they're not going to sit at home, right? Yeah. So <laughs> it's just very important, again, back to that same sort of conversation we said, just get them to do something, but just something that's not making their injury worse. Mm. Yeah. yeah, it's probably like when, but as, as I said in the story, I was picked up from the hospital by my aunt and the doctor said, this after I tore my ACL and my meniscus and half. The doctor, the doctor said, don't play any more contact sport. I was like, okay, okay. And when my aunt picked me up, and said, where am I dropping you off? I was like, I love you practice. Because <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, I was always, I was never going to stop playing just to stop helping you play. And that's the reality. Yeah, it's <laughs> true. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, do you work with... Are you still wearing the knee brace? I don't think I even wore a knee brace then. I'm, yeah. I'm just waiting for robotic knees. That's my <laughs> way. So I see the future. You just replace the whole knee with a... Just replace robotic knees. Terminate a knee. But then uh, Andy is very right. I mean, Andy is perfect to say that, you know, you you continuously keep doing something and that's with our patients as well. You continuously keep wearing a knee support or a knee brace when actually you don't really need it, but now it's just become normal for you. Yeah, yeah. I see like those, oh, you always see a guy and it'd be like, normally it's 40s, 50s, 60s. And you've got a single ply, like a tubey grip type knee thing on. And I look at it, and I'm like... That's not doing anything. That's mental. It's like the most pointless thing. But in the head. Yeah. It's more psychological. Exactly. It's a placebo. In the head, it's brilliant. And he's great because we got off. Well, I, I definitely think, you know, placebo has its place. Like, I like to wear my yeah, knee they... sleeves when I'm doing maybe some heavier work. And just mentally, <laughs> it makes me feel more confident. But sometimes I like to... Like not wear the lifting belt so that you can be a bit more aware of like yeah. your back, your spine positioning, you know, just your core in general. Um, you know, so that, yeah, it all goes back to, you know, just, you know, the basic movement principles and, and form. And I guess, yeah, like we were saying, people go too fast too soon and try and skip over those things because they're boring. You know, it just takes that repetition to, you know, get that good form and... And I suppose even more so in CrossFit with more complicated moves that, you know, you probably want to be going and doing some cool snatches and things, but you've got to spend probably weeks breaking it down. Um, well, I have to say, on that clip, the other thing is, there's someone who's been doing it for a while, doesn't want to be told we've been doing it for like five years long <laughs> and yeah. start again at the beginning. Like, me feel like, <laughs> I don't know those guys who squat terribly and I go, why don't they, let's just start again. Get, keep, keep off all that weight that you think you're lifting. You're not really lifting. And start from the beginning. People don't want to do that. You know, people you know, don't want to start back at like so 20 true. kgs. Yeah, no, it's... So, Niksha, if you had a workout, like, how? what would be your ideal kind of setup? Like, how long would you spend on your, like, warm-up mobility? What would that comprise of? And like, do you like to do stretches at the end? How how would that? How would you structure the ideal workout? I'm probably a terrible example, <laughs> um, but uh, I I try to go to the gym at least three to four times a week. 
<laughs> Andy probably knows this. Um, the only thing is I'm always rushing for time. So um, I try to do like a quick mobility and a warm up just uh, with resistance bands before my workout. And then I do a 30 to 40 minute um, session on whatever I have scheduled for that day. And then I do not stretch uh, because I do not believe in it. Um, but I do try to do my mobility as and when I can. And at least two or three times a week, I get that in 15, 20 minutes uh, because I feel that that sort of works better for me. And it gives me that um, balance that I, I sort of want to achieve. Is there? Well, um, I, I I don't care much for stretching. I just think it makes you feel nice. Other than that, but what's your reason? Like why? Like say someone came to you and be like, you know, why sh why should I do more mobility compared? Because I know most people just overstretch and stretch, and don't really work on their joint health and movement. So. What would you say to someone who's who's been who's obsessed with stretching to start, you know, do more? I don't, I don't discourage them because, again, like you said, yeah. it just makes you feel good. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I do that's... make them understand the difference between stretching and mobility, which is important. Yeah. I think once you go through those those motions with them and explain to them that this is probably more important for your joints, which mm. is uh, what's going to help you long term, etc., then they sort of understand it better. Um, and it's just for someone who is so sort of busy, etc., they don't have time to stretch. I wouldn't want them to waste too much time stressing, uh, stretching if it's only going to just make you feel good, but no physiological effect on you. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and I think stretching, a lot of stretching, people's obsession with stretching comes from like school. Like it is true. You always love you to stretching. And here's the thing, like all the injuries I've had, I've never torn a muscle in the middle of the belly. Yeah, I might have got minor tears, but like it's all joint injuries, yeah, licking a tendon injuries, the ones that cause the biggest issues. You know, it's, but I think we get this obsession, and people get this obsession with stretching, because that's what we were always told. Yeah, like I remember PE in school. It was like if PE was an hour, it's like 45 minutes stretching, and then the teacher tells you, go and run, like whatever. And it's the standard, standard stretches, yeah. like yes. the quad stretch, bend over, oh, yeah. like everything's static. And after a week, the teacher now, the PE teacher tells you how to do it while they're sitting. The belly one, you know, so it's, yeah. I, I remember it's a. Well, I guess it's one of those things a lot of people just need to unlearn and, you know, learn better ways. Yeah, and I, and again, yeah. like we all said, education, that sort of patient education for you guys, your client education, it, it's so important because if they understand what they're doing, they're probably more likely to be on board than just doing something that's habitual to them. They've just been doing it for years. Yeah. yeah, big time. And I think more people are learning about mobility now, which is great. Mm. And so would you recommend like doing standalone mobility sessions as well? You know, 
you know, like maybe do some mobility that's relevant to your workout in the beginning, but then have, you know, rather than like having a yoga day or something, have, you know, a full on sort of mobility session. Yes, 100%. So um, I sort of have also been at the gym specifically, both the gyms that I am at, been doing workshops um, to make them understand what mobility is. And it's reached a point where now they have a mobility class mm. where once or twice a week everyone can access just because of how important it is. And it sort of fits the active uh, weightlifting bodybuilder athlete way better than doing a yoga. Yoga has its benefits, etc., but mm. the mobility is super, super important. Um, so a lot of people who have time, they can fit it in and it's not cumbersome that once a week, just an hour of mobility, amazing, does wonders. Yeah, I mean, I, to be honest, I, I program some stretching for my clients, but I generally don't do it myself at the end because I find that I'm actually so much more flexible now than I used to be from weightlifting because that is a loaded stretch in a way, so. Yeah, especially you get some other ices in. But here's the thing, I'm exactly. you know, to say with men, it's harder to convince some men to do mobility <laughs> stuff. And I've said it before, Miss, sometimes I trick people into it. Like, you know, like a little core circuit at the beginning of a session. Purely because if you say to, to a lot of guys, hey, you've got, you got to do your mobility, they think that's an optional extra. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, 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 you got to do your mobility extra. Okay, mm. that's like... And that's the first thing to get cut if you don't have much time. Mm-hmm. So what you do is you stick it in as what looks like it's a part of a working program. Yeah. Yeah, you know, just as a like a course, yeah, like a circuit of exercises, just it, thirty seconds on each thing or whatever, a minute on each thing. Um, and that works. I find that works better with the guys. Yeah. Because otherwise it just gets binned off. You go, have you done your mobility? Uh, no. And yeah, you, and you finally haven't been doing anything. Yet. <laughs> I mean, if you do mobility properly, it's hard. Like, some of them are really hard. Like, it's a workout. Yeah. Yeah. That's because guys, this is a point. Like, just... guys get rid of it because it is hard. But we don't see it as possibly. <laughs> we don't realize the relationship to actually benefiting how we're going to look. Mm. And that's the thing. That's the thing. Yeah, because it's, I mean, it, it's indirectly leading to performance and muscle gain. But, you know, when you're doing it, you're like, what is this? But, yeah, like you say, you can hide it in as like a superset or something. And they're, yeah, they're, they're, you do that properly, you're sweating. Um, before we go, Niksha, what is your take on sort of soft tissue work? Like, you know, massage guns and foam rolling Um, I'm, I'm definitely up for it. We all sort of do get tight. We, our muscles need that sort of release. Everyone's not fortunate to be in Kenya and get a very cheap deep tissue. Um, so definitely, I mean, massage guns are great. Foam rolling is good. Just don't overdo it. Don't keep sort of pressing it on somewhere too hard where you're just going to hurt yourself. Um, but it works amazing. It's good for people who just try want to release a couple of muscles um so it's great okay yeah because we we really enjoy it like i know some people are like oh foam rollers like the only good thing a foam roller is for is like sitting on but i like i really like it i like to do like five or ten minutes before i start it just helps me relax it just 
I, I find it really works and like Leon just yeah. got us a massage gun and like just for those places that you yeah. can't reach everywhere Leon. Just... Leon's massage gun the yeah. thing that annoys about foam rolling is there's nothing foam about it no. it should be called really hard <laughs> it's, it's, there's no foam <laughs> Yeah, but I think it's also people. People are quite lazy because with foam rolling, you kind of have to use your oh, yeah. core sort of yeah. uh, strength sometimes. So people don't like doing it. Whereas massage gun is just yeah. easy. Yeah, me and the Yeah, I know it's, it's so nice. You just like oh trap. Oh. Well, I'm I'm that person. I like the hardest foam roller ever like for me the massage gun is not always hard enough yeah she like mean. i can like especially when it's getting into the quads yeah. like i need nothing more about you yeah that could be like a quiz find out your uh, personality type by what type of foam roller you, you like. use <laughs> No, but it, but I find when you when you use the I guess the the ball, the gun, the foam roller, just before training, because I you know a bit of mobility than that. There's there's just that extra movement that feels good. Obviously, it's not <laughs> like because people try to make it look like it's healing something or doing magic, but just doing it every session before i train it it i feel like it does there's, there's just more stretch when i'm moving yeah yeah 100 i mean if you if you use it like just regularly and just it's not going to have it's like having a massage a couple of sort of an hour or a, yeah. a day later you probably feel the same soreness etc but it's good to do every now and then and just yeah. do it more consistently hmm. well i quite like it because i think you know for a lot of women you know, like chests get tight, but I think because a lot of women don't, you know, bench press or really train chest, they're like, oh, well, I don't need to stretch it or do anything. But I find like the gun is really good for just getting in, like into your pecs. You can kind of control where it is. Whereas a foam roller, you're like, Correct. I just <laughs> don't know how to sort of not sort of crush your boobs when you do it. But it's... <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I, yeah, I think... Yeah, with I think like Leon said, like a lot of people are like, oh, foam rolling, it's good, you know, breaking up all that connective tissue, yeah. and you know, it's it's not a cure for anything, but it's just a nice, a nice way to get into your session if if you kind of if you kind of need to, um, and yeah, if you're on your own or you know if you're enormous like Leon, like I can't massage him, like it's just too tiring. So I'm like, that's why I want the gun. Just give me the gun, yeah. and, I, and I'll, I'll I'll do that for you. Best investment of the year. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, no, well, well, yeah, thank you so much, Nick. That was really interesting, like your take on like stretching, mobility, tendons. I really, yeah, tendons, I think are a, a big one. Everyone just thinks of like muscle, but it's like, you know, they're, you know, they're really important too. And I think for a lot of bodybuilders, especially if they're using stuff, like muscles are getting so big so quickly, like the tendons can't keep up. Um, or am I making that up? No, okay. Yeah. Takes longer no, it's for true, the it's true. So I think, yeah, working on your tendons as well. Like, yeah, just having a, that sort of holistic approach to your training, especially with like longevity, like taking your time to do your mobility, you know, you know, work a bit on your tendons, you know, make sure you've got a warm up 
number one. Like it doesn't need to be 30 minutes, but you know, I, I wouldn't, you know, I always say like, just don't, don't skip your warm up. Like, especially as you get older. Oh, okay. <laughs> we dropped off a little bit. I don't know, gents, have you got any uh, final questions? No. That was, that was good. I'm, I'm questioned out, I think, unless I'm... No, I don't, yeah. I think that's the answer. There's no questions. It's more the fact that, you know, it's good to highlight the importance of one pre preemptive physio, not just reactive. Yeah. Mm -hmm. you know? um, mm -hmm. Also, the mobility side of things, you know, you, know, you benefit greatly, and your, your physique will benefit greatly by improving range of motion and having the strength to actually be able to support joint. Yeah. So, and if people want to find you, what, what gyms are you working at? Um, so we're at VMS Fitness, which is Village Market, third door on the new site, and then in Karen at Galleria Mall, um, at First Power Fitness. Okay. Um, and then our main clinic, which I'm happy to see people because we have a little gym, and our main setup is on General Matenge, um 43 Harmony Centre. Okay. Okay. Great. So we sort of rotate, but it, it gives everyone a nice um, sort of feel of we're in all the areas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no, which is great because I mean we're we're more Galleria side, um, so that's yeah. I didn't I didn't put two and two together that that was you, but that makes perfect sense now. Um, so I'll, I'll yeah, put, and I mean yeah. we do provide we do provide a lot of like different treatments, which just like shockwave because we're the only ones to do that. And just recently, we've sort of invested in a human teka, which might be interesting for you to have a little read about. It's more like a magnetic uh, therapy, which we use as a pre-post recovery. We're using on our athletes. It works incredibly. So that's wow. also something that we do as an add-on, but it works amazing. Just what is that <laughs> called again? A human teka? You, yeah, so Human Teka is a brand, but oh. the actual treatment is Teka, teka Therapy. So it's T-E-C-A-R. So if you just have a read about it, there's still a lot of evidence to come around mm. it. Um, but just in my practice and with a lot of the, they're using it in like Formula One, Premier League, mm. um, all the sort of big clubs, the big sporting sort of uh, fields. So it's been working amazing. So that's sort of my go-to more for the, athletic more active population and it works amazing oh yeah no good to know i mean that was interesting about the shockwave as well so yeah that's really great to know so we'll put your in the in the show notes we'll just put all your sort of contact details if anyone wants to yeah come and see you you know preemptively or if you are injured um but yeah thank you so much for coming on and yeah it was really great following um, all of you guys at the Commonwealth Games, it was very, yeah, it was nice to see sort of the behind the scenes uh, action. <laughs> thank you. Thank you guys for giving me this opportunity. It was great chatting um, to like-minded people. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Yeah, always. It's always such a pleasure just having a chat about that. So, yeah, thanks again and, yeah, have a lovely rest of your day. Thanks, Thank you. See you guys. Bye. 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 Thank you.